oh, this is like, you got to talk about like the pairing process and how you're going to resolve specific issues and if there's an errata and like, you just, you, you have to kind of have a lot of answers to different questions addressed. Mm. So are you a player and a judge for that type of no, thing? No, um, I, I have judged the event before, but this time I'm a captain of the team and I'm also a member of the organization committee. So um, the committee that sort of decides things and approves things and determines how the event's going to be organized, I'm a member of that committee, um, which is five elected things. people. And then I also uh, am, am a captain of a team. It's not an Al-Kador team, right? <laughs> well, ListLock hasn't come in <laughs> yet. Uh, we, ha we have submitted some of our lists, but they are not officially up yet. Uh, having said that, I can confirm with great confidence that I will be taking Trolls to WTC. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I've been playing Trolls most of the year, and the plan is to, to stick with what I've got. Actually, I'll be, I'll be playing Trolls at Nova, because I just it's the last opportunity to really practice before the WTC, so I kind of have to do my due diligence, pretend I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in a lot of events with you after we talk, so that'll be exciting. Yeah. Maybe we'll play in a near approximate table. I highly doubt we play against each other, but maybe you'll be like two tables over. Well, we'll almost necessarily not play uh, at the against each other in the team tournament. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, you got me there. Basically, a rule, but we will get to play next to each other, and I can give you some feedback, or you can give me feedback, like depending on how our games go. Um, but uh, yeah, we could we could play in Masters. That's that's a, a distinct possibility. It could happen. So does Masters, um, is that the Swiss style? I think I might have yeah. asked this already. Okay. No, no, So I, it would I, go to the point system, and then let's say you, you lose the second or third round, you can still participate. Yeah, so there's, there's a cut in the Masters qualifier event, but it's played to a, a set number of rounds. So let's say the Masters is five rounds. Uh, if you lose in the first round, you continue playing against other people who lost in the first round. Gotcha. If you win the first round and lose the second round, you'll play against other people who have the same tournament record as you, the same number of wins. Yeah, uh, sounds like and, you will not be playing Masters against each other then. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're underselling yourself. I bet, I bet we'll play. It could happen. And there's always the first round, too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I do surprisingly well in clock um, nice. in tournaments. Yeah, it's um, knowing your list well is really important. Like having played games with it and stuff and not having a lot of really complicated decisions to make, that helps a lot on clock. Alright. I'm excited to play Mel again. She's really fun. <laughs> I'm excited to play Didn't you like that photo that I put out that Jackie uh, drew for us? <laughs> that was great. That photo. Was I'm so embarrassed of that. Deeply emotional. Why are you embarrassed of that? So, I was at a funeral and they had donuts and napkins. And the funeral was very boring, so I was drawing on the napkins and then got a bunch of donut glaze all over the bottom. So if you look at that beautiful mist in the that they're walking through, it's actually donut glaze and ranch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like living art. Because <laughs> it's um pretty biological at this point if it's still around my house. Yeah, because uh I asked people, you know, were like, uh, Gonzo, what's gonna happen to us as you'll just have to watch? And find out what happens. Because we have a whole new thing coming up. Um, and did y'all see the poll? Uh, we did the poll about what what our people want to see more of. They want to see more role-playing 
hear more role playing and more more role play reviews, which uh, I will be getting uh, Genesis this Friday with the world book. So I'm gonna look at that, which uses the same rules as uh, this. The dice look almost exactly the same too. Uh, it pretty much is. I, I got a really good look at those standing in line. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I know that the system... Like 60 dozen things from the uh, FFG booth. Oh, that's right. You were at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Did you see Monster Apocalypse stuff? I, I did. Was it glorious? I, I, I was focused on grabbing my stuff for Crucible Garden. <laughs> <laughs> And all of the other stuff that I was told to grab for various other people who were paying me back. Oh, you're a ninja at the Gen Con, I see. So I know that Genesis is a extremely similar, if not the same, system as Force and Destiny. Uh, is there a specific setting to that role-playing game? Or is it just a general structure set of rules that you can apply to any game or setting you make up, like if you want to play a Fallout game or something. You can apply it to anything you want, uh, but I did pick up the um, Tenerith or whatever it is, which is the setting, one of their first settings they have for it, which is a, a fantasy setting. Okay. So I'm hoping that I'll, I'll find somebody that is willing to uh, run it because I would like to play a, a fantasy character pretty soon. Ooh, I'm getting YouTube well, you live like dropping me a lot. Okay, looks like YouTube's having a problem. So we're dropping YouTube off of the recording. Drop. Okay. Because I'm streaming on Facebook. I go stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and it was. Not doing so hot on Twitter or on YouTube, so we cut that Did out. Did we get experience from the horrible thing that happened? <laughs> Do what? Did we get experience from that session which involved? Like, oh, what a horrible <laughs> thing that happened! It was a harrowing experience. If that's yes, what I mean. <laughs> Did we get experience from our harrowing experience. There was nothing that happened detrimental to your character. Oh. My blaster got cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <funny. laughs> that sucks for your blaster that got cut in half. <laughs> you know what else got cut in half? Our companion. <laughs> Hamburger style, not hot dog style. I want to make that very clear. Oh, that would be There's so Big bad. difference. <laughs> I mean, not the, neither of those are good. Let's go. <laughs> they are both very bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you all eight. Would I get eight as well? Yeah, you, you get the same as everybody else. Um, I need to open up some files, though. Purchase. Star Wars. Purchase. We're awarding. Oh, God, I did 80. No, I'm going to do that. Cheat sheets. So I think we were at ninety four before the uh before the eight. 
Yeah, I just jumped to 178 or something. That was great for a moment, but that's not what I was supposed to have. <laughs> well, I mean, what's interesting is uh, I got a lot of people that were like, damn, Gonzo, you kill people. And I'm like, well... Bad guys kill people. Bad guys kill people. I didn't do it without talking to Jackie first. So, I mean, it's not like I just went, Jackie, I'm killing you. You get no choice on what's going to happen to your character. Uh, In your defense, we also have killed a lot of people in this game. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what's funny is John and I had that discussion, and someone else was chiming in on the last one. It was about, um, you know, people were, you know, in, 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 in my eyes, characters should be afraid of dying and not dying because they're just going to die, but your character should be afraid to do stuff because their life is at risk. Mm-hmm. But they're heroes, so they're going to put their life at risk because that's what they do. And I don't like games where I can just walk through everything. You know, To me, there is no reward for me to go and beat the crap out of an entire plethora of guys and just walk away and skate and not have to worry about death. That's to me it's just kind of boring. I'd rather have something else. I, I would rather my characters be afraid. Or that there is going to be a death. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's kinda yep. what happens. Yep. Yes, yeah, speaking of, I have a similar experience, a dilemma like that going on in a uh, different RPG. I played Call of Cthulhu, mm. and in that game you <laughs> die a lot, because, you know, Cthulhu eats people's souls and stuff, and I play with a lot of very cautious characters, and sometimes it's, you know, when everyone's afraid to go in the graveyard, you're not having much of a session go on, so my yeah. character's running and die a lot. Yeah. A lot, like every game. Either way, I spent some XP right now. All right, what you... on the results of the poll. Oh, the... Ooh. I'm excited. Yes, Gand is now a martial artist in addition to being a skip tracer. Okay. So uh, he bought the martial artist specialization, and he bought the ability parry. Not that I think that will do much against a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Considering he doesn't have one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to parry with my fist. No, you're just going to suck it up and die. Uh... Matrix and parry bullets. Do that, right? I, I can't. <laughs> Do your... Jackie may want to change up uh, your strain and wound and all that stuff on your uh, character. character name. Oh, I guess I would. And you can change your character name, oh, too. This is very sad to do. Um, did y'all... Did hey. anybody see the uh, hashtags I put on there? For the yeah. post? <laughs> I was like, that's going to be so fun. Damn it, Gonzo. You're a jerk. <laughs> I think I have to log out and log back in to change my name, so give me one second. If you don't want to change your name, that's fine. Just If you can change all your other stuff, that's what's more important. Okay, I can do it. Okay. I'll log out and log back in. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do not do it. Well, I'll be Frisbiz until I figure out how to change my name because I logged out and changed it, but it uh, didn't care. If it, 
Hey, if you're a if you're a droid, you would want to know mechanics instead of medicine, correct? Because I believe that droids do not work through medicine. Yes, that is correct. I mean, you can have both though, because you can use medicine to help, you know, your team. You know, there's nothing wrong with you having medicine because in case they, you needed to help them, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. Tim, are you buying anything? Getting rid of anything? I, uh, I looked at the next thing that Malukia wants to do, and it's a few experience away. Okay. I'll talk to you in probably three sessions. <laughs> need that open. Don't need the character creator and GM tools open. Kind of playing with the scene a bit, trying to get some things. Sky Jedi really needs to just let go and let me change my name. I know it's hard, but... Could you add a new character easier than it is to change your name? Let's see here. Ever... Oh, that was... Oh, that's not Well, so far all I've been doing is logging out and entering my username to be my new username. Yes, you can add a new character. Add one, okay. Let's see here. Uh, that's the plus button up top. You can add a new character. And oh. you might be able to remove a character. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That was... Sort of when, one, sort of when ones die. That was much easier than I was making it. Yeah. That happens a lot. Gilbot has been successfully added. That's your <laughs> Frizz has been removed. So, um, I bought... Well, I created a new character. Um, I'll just kind of read some of the basics of my stats off. And I just paid... Uh, I just got mechanics. Uh, that was a thing I bought with my new experience points. She is pretty good at light-ranged weapons. Uh, definitely melee. And, yeah, she's decent on cool. Most things are at standard beginning levels, etc. She's pretty good at deception as well. Um, her character is a scoundrel, after all. Or mm. its character. It's a androgynous robot, but it has boobs. So, take it as what you want. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, what is the character one? Droids in gender. One is that droids are machines, and thusly they are all it. Droids can also have a personality that is gendered. There we go. So, uh, she is an it, but thanks to the new solo movies, she has decided to identify as a new fem uh, as a female droid. Sweet. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it. I mean, like. Gender is a spectrum, so like it's not acknowledge a binary here, but uh... especially when you're like a droid, there's really. <laughs> Frisbiz has been removed. Gilbot successfully right? added. 
Maybe I could make that happen again today. Oh, I mean, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I've got ideas. If it's my character, who's going to die? <laughs> so, just so you know, Gonzo, I personally can see our Twitch stream, but I am receiving uh, a couple messages from friends. They are uh, blowing me up because none of them can see the stream on Twitch. Just, uh, you know, just throwing it out Is there. Someone, they can't see it on Twitch? Yeah, I just I received four instantaneous complaints from four people. Let me look. <laughs> so just four complaints from the same very passionate person. <laughs> um, apparently they can't see it on the PlayStation Four. Oh, I have no clue. Uh, we're definitely yeah. on Twitch and we're definitely live on yeah. the fa the 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 here. I don't know why someone can't see us on. I don't know why the PS4. What, that what it looks like on the PS4. Uh, this is what it looks like on the browser. Um, I have one friend on a Roku, one friend on a browser, one friend on a PlayStation 4, and they all seem to have sent me pictures that just say "More Than Dice Podcast" and your little info. If you're in Twitch right now, go ahead and. Um, just say something to chat for me so I can see that real quick. Because uh, the the Facebook the the computer page is just fine. That means they're not gonna see this ferret that escaped. Aww. It's a cute ferret. This is a good one. This one is eight years old. Let's see something else. Which is, wow. Yeah, she doesn't know she's dead yet. Uh, it'll happen eventually. I have another one. It's totally hairless. That one is a necromancer. <laughs> That's where they're getting vid on PC, but not on console. I have no clue, guys. That is weird. I mean, I've never... I mean, my... I, I got it on my phone. I don't know why console cannot see us. I wonder if it's a console command. Getting on phone. It's probably the PS4 app. Uh, give me a quick look. Oh, give me a quick second, and I'll check that out real quick, guys. Because I do want y'all. I feel like that's where you're watching it. We need to make sure it's how it is. Um, I want to do my destiny roll a while. Or yeah, why don't you go, to, go ahead and do a destiny roll, guys? So that way we can get our force points out of the way. Oh, get ready. It's our session. We're taking it back. <laughs> I have a chance to look at it. Uh, it says it's usually I a PS4. Yeah, it's up to you, Max. <laughs> Jesus, Gand. That's in a game back. title. Oh, there we go! Way to go, Gand. At least you're consistent. Five, six, and two. Block. Um, it is. Uh, it does say that it is a PS4 issue, and usually it's passing a game title that Twitch API doesn't like. So give me a second. I'm going to change our title. Going from yeah, creative. they're treating you like Alex Jones. You're not on some types of platforms of Twitch. You're not on YouTube. <laughs> um, we have to change. The dashboard, which I have no clue if that was, that's going to work or not, guys. 
Uh, try restarting the PS4 one, see if that happens. Um, I don't know about anything else. Um, I think it's wrote a text, but I'm texting a person back. Uh, about the stream, not just like any old person. They see if they can watch us on uh, Facebook. If that if that is an issue, they could probably watch us there. Okay. Um, I'll take off the recreative. I don't know what else you can I wonder if you can't do um, creative on the PlayStation one. So I've been doing this War Machine game streak because I took a couple months where I wasn't playing the game. I decided to enroll in some accelerated hack classes and they were really accelerated. They were <laughs> six weeks. So it was six weeks where I wasn't doing anything I enjoyed. I haven't been reading books or drawing or living. Um, and I played a game last night against Gators and I don't think anyone won. We decided <laughs> not to talk because it was so long. It lasted eight turns and comprised of two rounds of attempted caster assassination until <laughs> finally, finally, I assassinated his caster. Uh, but, I mean, it was contested top of turn two. It was just a mess. I don't awful. think anyone won is the best line I've ever heard <laughs> of a World Machine game. I don't think anyone won. That, that Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking the other night. It's like, Two people go in, one person wins, one person loses. But sometimes, I mean, even the spectators lost. Everybody lost that day. I think the game went on from 4 p.m. to, like, 9.45 or 10 o'clock. We did take have to take, like, a 15-minute breather in the middle. But it was, oh, my gosh. It never ended. Eight turns. Okay. Um, if you're watching... I'm sorry if you can't see us. Try a different app. I did change it to in real life, and maybe that'll help. I'm not sure, guys. I've never actually tried watching us on the PS4 app. We'll have to play around with that. I'll have to research it a bit more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, though, if you can do if you want to do that. Um, For what it's worth, he says there's audio and no video. But that's really weird. Okay. It's just a podcast now for him. Yep. Or whatever. Just it's it's a radio. It's a radio station. I used to do radio, actually. So, yeah, we got radio stations going on. Um, so, I mean, we did have a big thing happen. Um, Frizz was killed. Um, I'm hoping um, Miss Jackie said that she is going to be looking and doing a artistic rendition of her final moments, which I can't wait to see. Um, so... Uh, we'll hopefully have that. When she does, let me know, Jackie, and I'll repost it and make sure everybody sees Perfect. it. Especially on the, on the More Than Dice uh, Facebook page. Because uh, I think that'll be really awesome. Um, what else? Um, that's kind of where we left off. Um, Y'all had seen um, a lightsaber go through Frizz's body. Um, and he told you to take the holocron and get out, and which you did, 
Uh, and during my 24-hour stream, we made a uh, discovery uh, that we were that as y'all were leaving and going and launching away, the Sith was standing on top of the ziggurat and threw her body in two halves down the ziggurat as y'all were leaving. Um, y'all were able to see that as y'all were getting out of the atmosphere. You'll not dead until you see the body. Yeah. Yep. You have seen the body. So. Um, no body. <laughs> we we have seen the body. <laughs> there was death. <laughs> um, so you do see that, and it is down, uh, and y'all are getting up in. I don't know if y'all are going to go to hyperspace or where y'all going to go from there. That's up to y'all. Oh, Specifically, we're going... you guys. Well, yeah, you don't happen to know where our base is. I thought you got the coordinates from. Uh, no uh, one has seven. ever told me where our base is. And we can't really stick around here. Okay. Um, can I use astrogation to try to deduce, given the number of times we've gone back and forth, if it's possible to determine where our location is? If you want. You can always try. Does it seem like a realistic thing? Like, I, I don't really have a sense of if it's possible or not. Uh, you're not really sure. Because you've never seen the coordinates. They've never been put in. They've never been shown to y'all. It's just happened. Okay. Do we have a way to communicate with them? Like over a secure channel or anything? Oh, uh, yeah. You do You do have a secure channel. Where you can, you know, you can see that. Okay. Um, I, guess way, I don't think hanging out here is an intelligent decision. Uh Gand types in the coordinates of the Gand homeworld and uh, it's hyperspace. Okay. As just, just someplace. Bold move, Gand. I guess there's no place like home. Okay. You can do that. I'm, you, as, I'm, he, as he flips the levers in the ceiling. But how are you going to know how to bring the right Gand back once they all get mixed up together? <laughs> kind of fixing screens because I got a lot of weird things going on with this. Mel, while we're doing that, I'd suggest you contact uh main base. Mel radio to the uh, the main base while we're in hyperspace. Um, it's it's a bit more difficult to track us through hyperspace and she feels a bit safer using the secure channel. Okay. Uh, she'll see if she can get in touch with either Lottie, A7, or if necessary, Sarge. Really, whoever picks up. Uh, you, you can get a hold of them. You, you've got a way to get a secure channel on everybody, so it's not that big of a problem. Um, you... You reach up and A7's like, uh, yeah, where are y'all at? Uh, we retrieved the artifact from the world that Turk told us to. Uh, we encountered a Sith uh, Force user while we were there. And it's not an easy way to say this, but uh, he killed Frizz. And 
we're now just trying to get away, make our escape. There's a long pause, and then you hear you hear the the the, the calm open, and you hear a bunch of crashing and a bunch of cursing in a male voice behind in there. And A7's like, "Get back as soon as you can. Here's the coordinates." Okay, Mel keys the coordinates in, and she reroutes their hyperspace path. Okay. Um, it takes you, you know, a decent amount of time to get back. Um, and you eventually get back to your home planet. And you come in and land. Nothing looks wrong. Nothing looks changed. Um, land in. Um, there is quite a few people around your ship. As you're landing, and they're kind of all gathered around. Um, most of the, the rebel crew that you have, uh, Lottie and Sarge are there. Uh, you do not see Turk. Maybe he's still in recovery. I mean, at least the rebel mission went well. Mel's... Um, collects her stuff and sort of somberly exits the vehicle, eyes downcast. She's still pretty emotional from the whole experience, and it's obvious she's not holding it together super well. Okay. She kind of tries to push past people. Alright. And when he disembarks the ship, tosses his broken blaster in front of uh, Lottie, okay. walks over to Sarge, and attempts to punch him in the face. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, standard difficulty. I believe that's a brawl check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you're a martial artist now. <laughs> He's a destiny die. You hit him. And you strike him pretty good, and as soon as you do, he like reaches back and shoves you as soon as you do it. And you stumble back and fall on your butt. You sent me into a war zone with two untrained Jedi. You're the Jedi Master here who we've had for a while. Someone should have been training. Sarge? You're saying this to Sarge? Yeah. I'm not a Jedi. I have no clue where you got that I'm a Jedi. I am nothing but a grunt. I know how to shoot, kill, and blow up things. And he's like, he's like, while you're out sitting on your butt, he's like just pointing straight at you. And he's like, this is war. Fucking do it or get the hell out. This is how it happens. It sucks that it was Frizz, but this is what happens. He kind of tears you a new asshole, pretty much, you know, yelling at you about it. Um, Gand walks back, Gand recovers his uh, professional demeanor, mm -hmm. and, and proceeds to walk back to the base 
where he's going to go and sit in his room and meditate. <laughs> okay. Do what he does best. Alright. Uh, you, you as soon as you start collecting yourself up, you see Turk, and he's like hobbling along, uh, kind of walking with a, you know, a, a good-sized cane. Um, and he walks up, and he walks straight up to Mel, takes one hand and grabs you by your uh, collar, uh, right, right around the lapel area, and kind of picks you up and looks at you, and is like, why did you let it happen? Why didn't you do what you're supposed to do? You are a Jedi. You are trained. You are a guardian. Why did you let him kill her? Mel normally wouldn't let this amount of physical contact go uncommented on. She's obviously super out of sorts and really uncomfortable. She's having trouble making eye contact at all, and her tears are streaming out of her eyes. And after a few minutes of just completely losing her composure, she just says, because I'm not, I'm not a Jedi. I thought I was, but I can't guard anyone. He like looks at you and you can see that, you know, in his eyes, you can see he's welling up with tears. And you can see that he's, he's like right on that verge. You can see it all just welling up. And all of a sudden he grabs you and just throws you behind him and collapses down on his knees and starts trying to compose himself, but you can tell that he's he's weeping. You see the pilot. He, like, walks up and is looking around and looks, looks at both of y'all, and you can just see tears are just running down his face. And then he just walks off. And as he does that, you notice he like drops something out of his hand, and then he goes back to, goes back outside of the crowd. And then that's when you can walk off. Mel's probably too distracted to see what he dropped. She's trying to pull herself together. She's wiping the tears out of her eyes. Um, it's at this moment that she realizes that the the clean clothes that she'd grabbed before they left on the previous mission are the robes of the fallen Jedi mm. that she found in the first ship that they encountered. And she just kind of looks disgustedly at herself like she's a small child pretending to be a Jedi, wearing the clothes and swinging the sword, but without the ability or the capacity. Um, she's her first, first real moment of self-doubt. It's, uh, it's pretty obvious she doesn't feel like she belongs here. Okay. And would notice what he dropped because you're a finesman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff. And pays when people drop things. <laughs> stuff that other people might not care about is like your specialty. Exactly. You you actually I mean it, it's not it's not you know it wasn't hidden it was just dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. You noticed that it was a bunch of snacks. And a bunch yeah. of, you know, like, things that Frizz would have been, you know, eaten or had in her pocket. Nuts, chocolates, you know, that type of stuff. And then he just 
Looks like he was bringing it and then realized what happened and dropped it and walked away. Um, so y'all go back off into wherever you're going to go. Um, Jackie, your new character is actually here. You're actually part of the rebellion and you've been actually sitting with and helping out the crew before. Um, so on the trip of them coming back, a few of the other rebellion members were talking to you, uh, had gotten together and, um, they are needing someone competent to go and help them help this team that have lost one of theirs get back on track. Lottie has actually come up to you and ask if you will help this group get back together and, because they're going to be distraught and crushed by losing one of their own. Um, and so she has asked if you would volunteer to ride with them and be another compatriot. Well, competent is my middle name. <laughs> and honestly, there's not much more to do over here. Um, uh, but th that happened during the time that y'all were, uh, you know, during the time that they were on their way back. Uh, Lottie was like, um, they could probably use someone on their side. And uh, she was wondering if you wouldn't mind jumping in on that. No, no, I wouldn't mind at all. Uh, let me just go gather my things, and I will meet them there. And they are where? Well, now you have seen all of this, what's going on. And this is what has happened, is you've seen everybody um, say all that they had to say and things that were going on and stuff like that. So this is... Oh, so this is outside, right? Yeah, this is outside right as soon as they pretty much came off of their ship. Well, I'm not really one for the sentimental stuff, so I'm going to <laughs> just immediately walk to what appears to be the most powerful of the two characters. Uh, probably not the one crying, so I will approach the male, the gond. Or, no, you went to your room, didn't you? Gand went to his room to meditate. Yep. Just mm -hmm. kind of quietly walked off during the uh, walking off period. Well, since the leader is gone, I will go ahead and approach the second one, which is the blue lady. Okay. Um, I, I can see that she's clearly upset, clearly crying, uh, but I don't care. So I approach her <laughs> and go, hello! Who are you? I am your competent assistant today. <laughs> Uh, go ahead and describe what you look like, by the way, because that way you can, you know, see and everybody can understand what you look like. Well, I am clearly a droid, and I am wearing uh, very large women's clothing over my metallic frame. My frame is a dark military green. It's pretty apparent that I was a protocol droid that has been modified for some basic combats. Um, and around my waist is a huge uh, belt. It's a engine belt, or like a belt to some type of motor. And it has a large saucer in the middle that looks like a plate or something of that nature. I'm cloaked, and my face is mostly a visor in which you can see more of a screen rather than an actual physical feature like that you would recognize for a humanoid or anything of that nature. And I'm very tall and wide. 
Um, I haven't really figured out my exact height, but it's probably somewhere around seven feet. Uh, protocol droids tend to be tall, but I have been modified with uh, longer ligaments. Uh, and I'm definitely as wide as a large male humanoid. Uh, Mel's been kind of crouched down, collecting herself. She stands up. Um, she's also quite tall and used to kind of looking slightly down at people, so she's a bit taken aback at the obvious height and presence of this being. Uh, she wipes her eyes, each in turn, kind of collecting the tears a few times. Takes a moment to reestablish her composure. Um, just eyes are, are red or sort of sometimes purple, and hers are obviously quite a bit more red in the moment um, from the crying that she's been doing. Uh, and she's quite flushed in her face. She kind of looks almost accepting the absurdity of the circumstances that this bizarre being would be approaching her in this kind of moment of grief. Like the only thing kind of more absurd and nonsensical than life is the kind of inevitable death that comes suddenly and painfully. She kind of looks once over up and down and says, uh, what, what are you? I'm sorry. Who? Why? She stands there, rings him up. Hello. I am to assist you. I am a rebel like yourself, but I do not wield your powers as uh, I believe Jedi's are solely organic. Regardless of which, I have been told by Lottie to follow you around until you need my assistance. Uh, she then positions herself to be like slightly behind Mel and just kind of stands there. Being organic is not sufficient to be a Jedi, let me tell you. And I'm not certain that I wield any specific powers. I can repair things from time to time. That, that is quite useful as a trait. Uh, Yes, I think that you are underestimating your abilities as the probability of one being born and have your gift as a Jedi is astronomical. Uh, not only that, but I believe many of you have been killed. So, again, you existing here is uh, very illogical and improbable. So I think you should enjoy that moment. I'm sorry. A friend of mine with a similar gift was killed very recently. We're still kind of reeling with that experience. I'm sure that you're you're great at what you do, and I'll appreciate your help. I need to check in with Turk. Uh, do you know where he is? I do know where he is. Uh, he was last seen. Uh, where was Turk last seen? I imagine I would have seen him recently. He was right there. He was the one that grabbed your lapel and, you know, was still at the ship. Um, oh. He's yeah. right over there. <laughs> Sorry, somehow I missed that in the exchange. Um, right, of course. Um, you know what? I'm going to give him some time. Uh, there's a, a shop of sorts that I've set up not too far from here. And uh, we retrieved an item from this box. I'd like to take some of the tools and investigate it a little bit further. Maybe working with something inorganic will take my mind off the recent loss of a friend. You're welcome to help if you like. That is understandable. I, I think I will help. 
I'm sure I need to wait instructions from Lottie, but seeing as how our most recent instruction was to send me over here with you, I think I should also give her a few minutes to discover something else for me to do. Um, she then signals for you to lead the way. We head up to the sort of makeshift shop that uh, Mel prepared in their first few days here. Uh, it's a comforting kind of space. She doesn't feel centered enough or connected enough to the Jedi traditions to meditate. So this is kind of a makeshift version of meditation for her. She picks up a couple of tools and she starts kind of fiddling with some things and organizing the space and then opens the box and re-examines the item that they paid so dearly for. Okay. Uh, you, you, it looks exactly, you know, like we described it. You know, it is a datacron of some sort. Uh, very nicely carved. Very nice uh, designs on the outside. Um, but other than that, that's, you know, pretty much it. You haven't found a way to access it or to turn it on yet. Okay. Um, she's going to try looking for sort of the, the more universal jack-type connections, see if it can be, like, spliced into or wired into a computer to access the contents. If there's anything that can be done if her understanding of how the holocrons worked um, helps her manipulate it at all, she's just going to take some time and kind of tinker with her tools and tinker with her computers and see if she can figure something out. Okay. Um, you sit there and you kind of tinker around with it for about, give it or take about maybe about an hour or so. Um, and you hear a knock at your door. Uh, I get up and I answer it immediately. <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> you open it up and it's, it's Lottie. Hello, Lottie. It is a pleasure to see you again. Uh, what are you, are you, what is your character's name again? My character's name yeah. is Gilbot. Gilbot? Okay. I uh, was like, uh, how are you doing, Gilbot? Is, uh, are you doing what you need to be doing to help in these comrades of ours? I helped her. She is no longer crying. <laughs> Mel's like, no longer crying is a generous assessment of her current demeanor. <laughs> She's like mid-level crying, but at the comment she does kind of like eyebrow raise slightly, look up from what she's doing and then turn back to fussing with the Okay. Uh, you do that and she's like, um, well, we need to have everybody come down for a meeting within the uh, hall. Um, needs to happen as soon as possible. So try to get those two and she points off in the direction of that and grab the gand and bring them down if you could. Gil. I will. Thank you. Um, before we leave, uh, Gilbot approaches Malikia and asks if uh, she wouldn't mind if I could also look at your box. Your holocron. Mel's eyebrows raise slightly and, but, and like she's she's emotionally wounded and doubting her competence in all things protective and deeply important to her but she's still pretty sure she's better with computers than anyone in the world but she says by all means see if you can figure it out with a bit uh, of a smug self-assurance this is uh, probably one of the first times that she has interacted with the holocron uh, and begins to look upon the surface to see if there's any uh, incongruencies with it damage anything of that nature um you don't see anything out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary? Mm -hmm. If she were to poke around on it, is there any possible checks that she could do to see if anything is different about it or somehow could be activated? 
Um, you could fiddle around with it one, and you could try. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you can't. Okay. Would that be considered a computer? Um, you could try, but it definitely is going to be some setbacks with that. Okay. Um, go with two purples and one black. Uh, definitely because you have no clue what's going on. Uh, yeah, she has no clue how computers work, too, <laughs> apparently, according to my character sheet. So, two purples and a black? Mm-hmm. So Gilbot does know that the importance of looking cool in front of a new person as uh, the first time you meet somebody, the perception they have of you is a long-lasting one. Uh, so she is going to think about to her machine spirits, uh, the fallen people around her, and attempt to use a destiny die to try to see her first die to see if maybe she can just somehow through pure luck poke the right button. Um, there's only 150 to 200 that she could possibly do, so the odds <laughs> may possibly be in her favor with her one greed eye. <laughs> you you hit the button and you're like, it starts to flash, or you 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 think you hit a button, something starts to flash, and all of a sudden it starts to spark, and things start shooting out of it, and it starts sparking up. You found the on switch, but something happened that when you hit it, it started shooting out and it's starting to catch a little bit of fire on it. She uh, wraps her cloak with it. This is a uh, very interesting fireworks you have here. <laughs> uh, I too enjoy pyrotechnics, and she hands back the uh, <laughs> holocron. Uh, Mel's gonna see if she can just reverse the damage somewhat or at least stop it from sparking with a computer check yeah <laughs> go ahead <laughs> uh, two purple yes yeah. I don't think you're supposed to channel frizz into your rolls of stuff uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh um do you want to flip that destiny point then yeah. thank you you're welcome <laughs> Alright, you go in and you definitely stop it from sparking and you're like, got it shut down, there's a little bit of smoke coming out and you realize that you have found how to turn this on properly, but you definitely need to fix a few things within it before it'll work correctly due to someone's damaged finger that shot through the side of it. Can I roll a perception check? Oh, sorry, you're good. Oddly, thank you, I think. Um, you may have stumbled upon something. Um, I'm sorry, did uh, did Lottie address you as Gilbot? Is that your name? Yes, it is. Uh, what did Lottie address you as? I'm, I'm Melokia. Uh, Mel is fine. Um, this is going to be a strange thing to say, and I, I apologize if it comes off wrong, but uh, you're... Incompetence reminds me of a friend of mine, which is vaguely reassuring at the moment. Um, please accept my apologies for being so distant. Uh, we should go to this meeting and, and hopefully bring something useful to the table. You're welcome. Lead the way. I will. But first, we have to get the Gond. Do you know his residency? I, I do. He's two doors down from me, and uh, we can probably find him meditating. I would knock and I would wait for him to answer. Uh, it's likely that his chamber is poisonous. 
fine for you, I'm sure, but the rest of us don't really want that door opened. <laughs> uh, I understand. With his species, I don't think I want any uh, risk corrosion to my inner joints. Uh, since you would what knock, I will follow you, then you can go ahead and knock. Mel heads down toward the, the main compound. Okay. And to, toward the Gand. All right, you get you get to the Gand, uh, the Gand's room. You can knock on the door. Uh, Gand, you hear a knock from. I I, I put back on my suit. Uh, cycle the uh, air. And open the door. Okay. Uh, you oh, see wow. Mel, and then Gil or Gil standing there. Um. Style protocol droid. Hello. Uh, yes, I think so. I don't have a lot of experience with protocol droids myself. They're completely How different. How many languages do you speak? That is a good question. Uh, it's one that will take me a few moments to remember. A decent I'm amount. I'd like to say several. I want it to be like seven. <laughs> <laughs> An impressive number. <laughs> I really, I will really let you know here in a minute. I don't think it's on your character sheet. I think languages are entirely ad hoc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're ad hoc that you don't have to write down. You pretty much know a lot just because you consider yourself a protocol yeah, style droid. You just you speak the number of languages that seem appropriate for you, like four hundred and seventy-three. I speak all. <laughs> Ever. I, I this one assumes that we have a meeting. We do have a meeting. Gil here has been oddly useful. And I think he's supposed to help us. So do with that. That is the purpose of long style protocol droids. Usually they aren't used for your kind, though. No offense. Well, usually, uh, more humanoid species prefer something with a more humanoid face. I've gotten pretty used to you. I think I can get used to this one too. My Gant. face has been modified to come off as more threatening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Th this this is actually very useful. Mel suppresses a chuckle. She hasn't laughed uh, since they got back, but uh, she she's amused. Dan puts his arms back inside his robe sleeves and walks down with the rest of them. Uh, Mel has changed uh, at the mechanic shop out of the Jedi robes and is now wearing um, like a slightly more form-fitting kind of uh, padded j combat jacket and some mechanic outfit stuff. Um, a bright orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Like, not unlike a bright orange jumpsuit, but, like, a little bit less <laughs> statement-making. Okay. Uh, you see everybody pretty much uh, is sitting around the, the, the table slash campfire, you know, hearth thing that they have, that y'all have come to know is your, you know, area that you're, always do your meetings at. Um, and, I mean, everybody's there. Um. Turk and A7 are talking to each other and working uh, on some data pads as y'all come down. 
you do notice that the pilot is pretty just sitting there with his head down. Um, you can definitely tell that there's a, a somber mood going on and people are kind of, you know, down a bit. So, so oh, you're good? No, so, yeah. Gilbaugh is going to look over to the gaunt and say, that's Chad. He is upset because he lost a comrade today. <laughs> Thank you, protocol droid. Oh, is he? I was uh, just really glad I remembered his name. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name <laughs> again. You, uh, you all get kind of seated. And stuff, and um, all of a sudden, uh, Turk looks up, and he's like, "All right, um, we've got a few things we need to take care of. Um, first things first. Uh, congratulations on getting supplies. We needed them desperately, uh, but we're going to have to hit them and hit them hard uh, on a planet. Uh, we found a supply depot." Uh, for the Sith on one of the Outer Rims because we have noticed that they are planning for an invasion on other planets outside of uh, where they're at right now. And they are starting to now take tons and quite a few different slaves and they are now enslaving the populace and if you fight back, they just kill you. Um, they are going for genocide now. Um, so we need to hit the supply depot, um, pretty quickly, uh, pretty fast, take out what we can and get out. We don't have the numbers to a large scale invasion, so we have to do what we can best. Um, and so he goes over the plan of what's going to have to happen. Um, there is going to be an airstrike um, from Chad. Uh, there is going to be... Uh, sorry, I accidentally hit a button. Uh, not only is there going to be an airstrike, we're going to have to do a ground strike to stop some of the troops that could be coming in and coming out. Uh, and they specifically say that it is pretty much... That's one of your jobs. Uh, Y'all will be on the ground. Um... And we will hit, destroy, and get out. Guerrilla tactics all the way. Uh, they leave in two days. Yes, Mel, what do you have to say? I'm not confident I can do this. Well, get confident, because you're going to have to. The war doesn't stop because one person. The Sith aren't going to stop because one person died. Especially one person they don't care about. She, she looks down and stops saying anything, but doesn't appear particularly relieved. He says, you have two days to get your stuff. We leave two days in the morrow. So get it ready. 
Pull it together, people. This is war. And then he walks off. A7 and him, you can tell that they're kind of chatting a little bit back and forth, typing away at pads and looking at data slates and stuff. Uh, is is Turk in the meeting? He, he, he's just with A7 walking back. Okay. Mel's going to like wait a few minutes to collect herself, then she's going to go seek him out. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Gilbot is going to stand six feet behind her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mel, you've got, if you, you've noticed pretty quickly, you've got a coattail that is constantly like right behind you every step that you go. Mel doesn't quite have the emotional energy to deal with that right now, so she's just kind of pretending it's not happening. Okay. Uh, Gand? realizes that everyone else has left him. <laughs> uh, he's going to go talk to Lottie. Hmm? Okay. Um, she's just kind of off to the side or whatever. Making plans with some of the rebels. I'm sorry, did you want to say something? I must cut you off. Uh, Lottie, are there replacement blasters? Yes. Just go to the armory and you can get what you need. Gant Gan goes and finds this armory that he didn't know existed. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, yeah, you do. She directs you to where the armory is and there are plenty of Various blasters and weapons that you could see and find anytime, anywhere. He pulls down a replacement for his blaster rifle that got cut in half. <laughs> okay. You find one, no problem. Shoulder. And then, I guess, he returns to the main part of the camp and tries to find the big jolly droid who cooks food. Okay. Uh, he's in there, definitely in there, no problem, so it's not an issue. Definitely he's in there, getting, you know, got food ready for everybody to eat and have a good time with, so. Preparing he meals. Some food and just sits down on one of the couches and eats quietly. Okay, you can do that, no problem. Uh, Mel, you see Turk and A7 clicking away at computers. Terminals, I should say. Mel's going to wander up and then sort of stand just at Turk's peripheral vision until he acknowledges her. It takes a little bit. He kind of, you can tell he knows you're there, but he's not ready to say something. Um, eventually, probably about 10 or so minutes, uh, he's like, Mel, what do you need? I just wanted to give this back to you. She takes the lightsaber and hands it to him. Um, what are you going to use when you go on your mission? Clearly, I'm capable of serving the Rebellion as a medic and a mechanic, but I don't belong in this order. Well, you need to, because this is about the only weapon you know how to use. 
go to your room, pull yourself together, get it in, and get ready. You taught Frizz. You never offered me mentorship. Never offered me anything other than a place as a mechanic on Coravan. What I learned, I learned from your books, but I never had any tutelage. If I don't belong in this order, it's because you never acknowledged me as a part of it. The blame for Frizz's death is at your feet. He, like, turns towards you, gets right dead in your face, take the saber, get out before I use it on you. Mel gets furious. She's tried to stay calm and tried to stay collected, but she's not holding it together, and she feels abandoned in every respect. She picks up the saber, she looks right at him, and she, she destroys it. She rips it in half and drops the pieces of his feet. I'm going to make you roll to do that, because that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> sure. <Ouch. laughs> um, Strength check. Can I use mechanics? Can I, like... Disassemble? No, you can't disassemble it with your fingers. You can't disassemble it in a rage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's, uh, what's the check? It's a strength. Is it brawl? Brawn? Uh, Just raw brawn? Yeah, raw brawn. On purple dice? Uh, and actually, there's going to be a black setback because... Um, uh, actually, go purple, red, black because red for the difficulty because you're not using any tools and it's meant to stay together and black because you're using rage and you're not thinking clearly. Well, that's successful with some threat. (laughs) You take and you like try to grab it and try to twist it and try to break it apart and eventually you just, you slam it to get it to shatter into pieces and it goes and it shatters across and the the kyber crystal starts flinging across the ground all of a sudden you see a7 get between you two and he's looking he looks at you and goes leave mel's already turning around walking away She heads back to her room and she starts taking all of Turk's books and his writings and all of his teachings about the Jedi tradition and everything she has. And she starts carefully and quietly putting them in a box. Gil, you but, see all this and you're right behind her, by the way. <laughs> she is six feet behind her at all times. Um, uh, honestly, if she had an expression on her face, it'd be like, a, what? Uh, what's going on? She will look over A7. To see if he has any response, which he most likely does not, so she emulates his behavior. And then follows her out. Actually, wait, before she does, uh, Gilbot it will also decide to approach him if he's still around. Uh, Turk, he's still in the room, right? He didn't leave or anything? Turk is just in there and... Is like turned away and is pecking away at keys. Uh, Gilbot approaches him and taps him three times on the shoulders. He turns around and looks at you. Gil, what do you want? Hello. I see your one apprentice has destroyed her lightsaber. There may be replacements in the building. Would you like me to acquire one? Get out of my face, Gil. Well, that was very rude. And I will uh, reciprocate your request and leave out of your face. Goodbye. 
She turns it around and starts walking away. Okay. Uh, you do that. Uh, and, of course, y'all y'all get up there and you see Mel is, like, packing belongings. And stuff up. Is not her, her personal. Quarters? Yeah, she's in her quarters and she's packing up stuff. It's not her personal stuff, you can tell. But she is de- definitely packing up stuff. Uh, her job is to assist today. So she walks up to uh, Mel and goes, Hello, can I assist you in putting things inside of these other things? Yeah, you can take these boxes down to Turk. Let him know we won't be needing them anymore. Okay. Uh, she picks up the boxes and leaves into the hallway. Uh, her orders were to give them to Turk, but not to look inside the boxes, so she immediately starts digging through everything. Okay. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box, Mel? Uh, texts on Jedi teachings... Uh, there's a holocron, there's a, a whole bunch of different notes and maps and observations about different places in the galaxy where ancient Jedi relics might be. Uh, included among them are a number of incredibly painstaking notes made in chess shorthand, which presumably you may be able to read. Um, they're really, really clean and really, really academically cited notes by Mel kind of compiling some of this data and cross-referencing some of those important details. Um, it, it looks like thousands of hours of effort um, cumulatively, both on Turk's behalf and on Mel's behalf as a, a diligent student. Gilbot knows that she was reprogrammed to be a scoundrel and has decided that these may be value and instead of returning them to Turk, takes them to her personal quarters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You like pick I up the box. I have a room, right? I have to put my stuff somewhere. Yeah, you have a quarters. Okay, great. You I have a place. Quarters. Okay, uh, and you you take it back. Um, Gand, are you just gonna get ready and meditate uh, until it's time? Gand has something he wants to do after dinner. Okay, what do you want to do? Uh, Gand pulls fumbles in his jacket, his robes. And pulls out a can that looks like a black can of Sterno. A- and goes to find Sarge. Okay. You can find him. He's out uh, out on the, the, the pad, kind of directing everybody and getting stuff organized. Uh, Gand offers Sarge the black can of Sterno. Okay. I, this one assumes you know what this is. No, what is this? Uh, I, I would assume someone of your stature and professional capacity will, would know intoxicants of other species. What do you want me to do with this? I figured we could both have a snort in honor of a uh, frizz. She's the only human I've ever seen deal with this stuff. I'm not drinking this at all, but I you will drink something drink else. You can, you, you're supposed to smell it. <laughs> I'm not going to smell it because I know what this does. You can smell it, but I will drink something else in celebration of our life. Mm-hmm. 
Here, you plug it in, and he pulls out like a big old flask. And he proceeds to drink as you're standing next to him. It's very unprofessional of me earlier. However, in, in my professional career, it was my job to prevent deaths from happening unnecessarily. He kind of he kind of sits there for a second. And he's like, "Shut up, shut up, and drink, Gand. Just shut up and drink." And Gand Gand obliges. Uh, you can tell that he accepts your apology, but being mm-hmm. the stern, yeah, yeah, man. Gand- Gan intentionally did not use the words I'm sorry because of his reading of yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can tell that there's that, that thing that's said between y'all two you're all like yep, yep. we got it um, Gil you're going to go to your room and hang out there until appropriate morning time recharge Gil does Gil recharges until uh, what exactly one hour before sunrise and then decides to stand in between the two doorways. One is uh, the Gon's room, and the other one's Malikia's room. And okay. she just stands there. Mel, are you going to do anything tonight besides just pack up your stuff and then... Once she's sent the stuff away, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to head straight to the mechanic shop. And she's going to stop by the armory, and she can see what she can pick up. And she's going to try to build herself a weapon. Okay. Uh, you you can find pretty much any average type item. You're not going to find, you know, huge blaster, you know, rare items, but your standard gorilla forced, you know, blasters, pistols, rifles, charges, you know, equipment, so on and so forth. Like non-rare vibro equipment? Yes. That kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. She's she's going to take the components necessary to manufacture basically a, a vibro sword. Okay. Um, like a similar in style to like an ancient sword, something that she would have studied uh, that would specifically utilize the lightsaber skill, but not be a lightsaber. Gotcha. And she's going to go to her shop and she's going to see what she can manufacture. And uh, gotcha. I'm, I'll make a mechanics check when you're ready. Yeah. Okay. You, you gather up a bunch of stuff and you find like there was one that needed a, you know, rough type of uh, repair type thing. Um, other than that, you can do that. It'll take you a little while. Take you a few hours. After a couple of hours, you know, you can make a mechanics check. So go ahead and throw a mechanics check out for me. Uh, standard difficulty, and you can see if you complete it in a couple hours. Um, other than that, uh, Gil... Uh, before you start to shut down and everything, you see A7 open up your door. Hello? Gil? Oh, I'm sorry that you said Gand. My no. apologies. <laughs> Gil, uh, you see A7 open up your door. I don't have to come up with another nickname. It doesn't sound like Gand. Um... I was wondering why he was opening a door to a very toxic environment. Um, <laughs> well, he is a droid. Yeah, he is a droid, well, so he could. A7 could. Uh, she sees A7 and stands up right, uh, upright and goes, hello, and she winks at him. And he goes, 
You're going to need to put this in a compartment somewhere. She's going to need it later. She holds out both of her hands. And she drops a lightsaber in it. Oh! I saw this get destroyed today. I will be happy to put it with other possessions that I think belong in the same category. You will keep it on your compartment. And when you go with them and she needs it, you will give it to her. Is it functioning? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, she uh, waits for him to leave because she is not opening her compartment in front of somebody else. Okay. <laughs> he leaves. She then in private opens her compartment and places the lightsaber inside. Okay. Um, Mel, you can go ahead and give a uh, mechanic check. It's been about three hours, I would say, before you feel it. You think you've got it going. Okay, give me, sorry, I'm just looking up some of the details about this. There's a couple of things about manufacturing a lightsaber-like weapon for yourself, uh, including that I get to reduce the difficulty by one. Okay, no problem. Um, but I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out what my own mechanic skill is. <laughs> the last thing I'm looking for. Uh, I have just natural talent. All right, it's pretty good. Okay. You craft it. You've got it. And all of a sudden, as you turn it on, you hear this really high-pitched, squeaky voice that you haven't heard in a long time uh, going, you know, being a Jedi is really tough. You recognize it as your little bat friend. What would we name him? I can't uh, remember his name. Um, um. Something with an M. Um, I have it written down somewhere. Vivek? What was it? Vivek? Mimek, yeah. You you recognize Mimek's voice from behind you. As, as soon as you turn it on and you kind of get it you know, ready and moving, you hear Mimek's vo voice go, being a Jedi is a pretty tough job. Mel's kind of been mostly fueled by rage uh, since her interaction with Turk and she kind of hasn't had that acknowledgement at all that you know there's more there that happened than just the death of Frizz like this is also a challenging experience that she went through mm -hmm. she she turns the the vibra blade off and sets it down and kind of really slowly turns around and just kind of eyes welling up a little bit just really solemnly just sort of nods to him you you turn around and you look and he's sitting on the workbench uh but he's a ghost and he's like yeah it it's a hard thing but that was makes us what we are mel's kind of taken aback by the whole experience um <laughs> oh, Matt sized on this for like weeks and finally the reveal mind blown <laughs> she was uh, she was definitely not expecting that um, she doesn't really know what to say right away and, and she just says like we, we looked for you I, I, I'm sorry I feel like we've let a lot of friends down it's just what happened this is war this is what happens. I just have the force on my side now. And you've got to realize that. 
I don't know what to do. I don't know how I can call myself a Jedi and let people die. It's not your fault. You can't protect everybody and you can't protect everything. You just have to do the best that you can. Feels sometimes like the best isn't good enough. And it never will be. You just got to do the best that you can with what you got. You pull yourself together. You use the force. You take solemn in that she did the best that she could. And now we just got to get better. Don't give into the dark side like you did earlier. It's it's really hard. I don't know how to handle being alone like this. I don't. You're not like alone. You got Gand. You got fifteen other other people. You got a bunch of droids. You got Turk. You got A seven. They're there. You're not alone. And there's other Jedis. Don't worry. You'll get the guy. You'll have to face him again. That's already determined. But next time, you'll be better, stronger, and more determined. He kind of stands up, hops down on the floor, and be better than I was, because he got me too. And then he starts walking off. And he kind of fades off. Mel's kind of stuck for a few minutes but she uh, she kind of collects herself and she looks at the, the sword that she's put together and and she's learned some valuable things from the construction process of it um, but in general she knows that she made it in this this kind of rage this kind of anger and she doesn't want to use it to to kill anyone. So she sets it aside and heads back to her room to get some rest before they have to go. Okay. Uh, you do. And pretty much everybody crashes for the night. Um, I've been holding him off just for this for a long time. <laughs> I've been holding him off. I'm like, okay, when can he come in? When can he come in? <laughs> um, morning comes. Uh, pretty much it starts early. Um, even before you're up, Gil, people are already up moving around and getting things ready for the final day. Because they're leaving. You, they're, Everybody's supposed to leave tomorrow morning. While Gil was uh, recharging, her offline program was programming was going through her memories of the day and deciding which ones to store and which ones to get rid of. 
Uh, and she recalled hearing the word armory several times. <laughs> uh, this activated some parts in her uh, net, and she has awoken and decided that she should probably very quickly go to the armory to equip herself for this very important day. Okay. Um, you wake up or turn back on, and uh, you can get to the armory, no problem. I mean, there's not like a huge amount of people there that are going to be, you know, guarding it or anything that's your own planet. I mean, nobody's around. Uh, while in the armory, she takes an inventory of the product that she does have, and she does know she has uh, brass knuckles. She has decided to try to look for a light blaster and possibly a some type of vibro weapon, like a vibro axe, but anything like that's available. Yeah. There's an incredibly well-made vibro sword. It's just <laughs> it's, uh, it's got some pretty cool qualities if you want. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it, you can find it. It's not a problem. Okay. Uh, she like has says, you, you can find any pretty much generic type item here. You're not going to be able to find anything that's crazy or, you know, rare. Okay. Then she has decided just to find a some type of light blaster or pistol and a vibrax. Okay. Uh, she's pretty, she's very comfortable with her brass knuckles, which have been installed onto her hands, but... They said guerrilla-style war tactics. Uh, Gorillas have very large knuckles, and hers are not quite the same size. So she's decided <laughs> to get something extra for that. Okay. Uh, upon doing so, she feels like she shouldn't be out this late because she's supposed to be resting. So she runs back to her room uh, and waits till two hours before sunrise. Okay. If it's that time yet. Oh, you can. It's not a problem. You can do whatever. Okay. Uh, she does have her chronometer set that two hours before sunrise, she will stand between Mel's and Gon's room and wait for them to arise. Okay. Guys, y'all two wake up. Um, Mel, you wake up before Gon, and you notice that uh, Gil is standing in between y'all's two's door as you open it up and come out. Hello. Hello. Mel uh, looks warm, but strangely well-rested. Like, she's kind of been through a bit of an experience, but she's feeling a bit more settled. Um, she says, uh, hello. Hello. Before we, uh, oh, yes, yes, you as well. You probably need to ingest calories before our day, so I will uh, wait outside the mess hall for both of you. The, uh, the reminder that she probably needs to ingest calories is, is a sort of surprising moment for Mel. She kind of <laughs> hasn't really ingested many calories in no. this space a big chunk of time. <laughs> so she, she heads to the mess hall and sees if she can scare up something vegetarian. Okay. She's, uh, uh, she like, gets to the edge of the mess hall and, and she has this kind of realization that yesterday she probably would have eaten whatever was given to her. And this morning she feels firmly resolved to not eat something that had to die to sort of end a life to eat and realizes that there's there's more to the Jedi value than who or who wasn't her master or her teacher who or who not she could protect okay. and she, she kind of calmly heads toward the kitchen feeling a little bit more herself okay um Gon you kind of wake up you know probably about 20 or 30 minutes later. Uh, Gil, do you follow Mel or do you wait until Gon wakes up? Um, actually, in hindsight, she will probably wait until the Gon wakes up. Okay. 
Don, you wake up and you see Gil is standing kind of like right next to your door. Hello. Protocol droid, why are you standing here? I was waiting for you to wake up. I recharge much faster what? than... Uh-oh. You. Waiting for me to wake up. I'm sorry, my uh, stuff cut out there. What did you say? Yeah. What is the purpose of me waiting for you to wake up? Oh. You waiting for me to wake up? I don't think there is much of a point to anything. So I just do what I find to be the most entertaining, which would be waiting for you to wake up. Protocol droid. How interesting. I'm also existential. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can't, can't help but stifle a chuckle at that comment. He puts his arms in his sleeves, cross, and, and walks down to the mess hall to uh, find some food. Okay. Uh, Gilbot follows. Okay, you uh, you all get down there, and it's it's pretty much normal morning. It. People are still kind of quiet. They're not as jovial as they used to be. Um, but everybody is uh, getting food and just heading out to where they need to be. Uh, of course, there's your your special plate for you. Uh, Gando of all your special requirements. Uh, mm-hmm. And pretty much everything goes on. And... Uh, the day pretty much consists of everybody getting ready and packing and loading up materials. If there's anything you want to do particular, you let me know. If not, we will just pass on the day because uh, this is just getting ready and we can head out to where everybody's going. Is everyone being sent on this mission or is anyone staying behind? Um... Turk and A7 are staying behind. Turk is still too wounded. And A7 is just command center. Uh, Pretty much everybody else is going. Sarge is in charge of the ground troops. uh, Which y'all are going to be going with. Uh, Lottie is in charge of air support. Okay. Mel feels more confident in the force. But still angry at Turk. So she's going to give those feelings some distance because she's afraid that that rage that she felt last night is going to consume her again if she approaches him. Okay. So she feels ready to apologize to him, but not ready to receive his reaction if it's not what she needs. So okay. she's just going to avoid him. Um, and uh, she's going to program a message to be sent to him uh, that can be canceled if she doesn't want, if she lives through the mission. But uh, basically it says, I'm sorry. And I know this is hard and this is war and this is more suffering than a lot of us have experienced. And I, I shouldn't have questioned you and I shouldn't have blamed you. And I'll, I'll find in myself the resolve to go on. And I, and I did before we left for this message. And I appreciate the contributions you've been able to make. And uh, I've let go of the anger at the ones that you haven't. And she just programs that message to be sent to him uh, in the event that she doesn't have a chance to cancel it in two or three days' time. Okay. All right. 
Gant is going to collect some grenades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like five. Okay. Uh, you do that, no problem. Um, you get done pretty much with the day. Um, everything's still kind of a everything's still kind of a downer, no matter what, no matter what or where you're going. Um, and everybody's starting to get a little bit more serious. You can tell that it has become a bit more challenging, uh, a bit more, uh, and especially serious. You can tell that it's it's taken more of a turn. That it's now realized that this is something we have to take care of, and they have to do. Um, and the day goes by, and pretty much that night hits. Uh, if there's anything anybody else wants to do, you have to let me know. Not. We will contribute until, and we will go towards the morning. Nobody, nothing. Gilbot was born ready. Okay, <laughs> nobody's gonna do it. Uh, the night goes pretty much uneventful. Uh, the morning comes up. Everybody meets down at the um, down at the thing, and everybody you know talks about you know they go over the mission again. Um, Y'all are not actually taking your own ship. This time, they are putting you with the ground troops in their own um, vehicle that they have. Their own cargo. So, pretty much that's about it. If anybody has anything, we're going to go ahead and depart. Would Gilbot be in the pilot station, or would she be with the ground troops? Ground troops. Okay. You're in. You are with the ground troops. She adjusts her optical optical proximity sensors to look like a frown, because that's how serious the situation is. <laughs> she has a scowl now on her face. Okay. You do that. I'm watching something very anime. <laughs> <laughs> Mel uh, is wearing a kind of frown with a quiet confidence behind it, a sort of like a little bit of unusual assurance like almost a like a a very very small hint of a smirk like a kind of one with the world bliss um she stopped thinking about frizz's death as this end of a being she loved and as a sort of reunification with the force in a way that gives her a bit of solace okay. and she's more willing to accept the loss associated with war when she imagines that it might come with a purpose. Okay. You, everybody gets together. Uh, everybody loads up. Um, you hear Tart coming over, and he's like, "All right, guys, we have one shot to hit this, hit these people, and get them good. Um, we need to stop the supply depot. This is the one they're using to." move and get out and hit other parts of the galaxy that we don't need them to be going out. Um, we need to stop this. We need to stop it now. Get it together. Do your job. Come home. Uh, everybody's ship starts going off. Uh, everybody starts hitting hyperspace. Uh, it takes a few days to get there. Um, which is not unheard of. Excuse me. No, this is. Um, and of course, y'all eventually stop, get out of hyperspace. 
Uh, and uh, they're like, all right, um, in about three hours, we're going to hit this planet. We're going to hit it hard. We're going to hit it fast. Ooh, Tim, do you all right? Mm. Give me a sec. Okay. We'll make sure you were there so I can continue talking while you're here. Um, keep going. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get it, and we're going to go. Get in, get out, go home. Destroy what you can. All right. You can tell that there's this, still this air of, oh, crap, um, type thing going on. All of a sudden, you you're 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 there. Pretty much, everybody's checking gear, getting stuff ready, and all of a sudden, um, you hear Turk's voice and Sarge and Lottie, and Lottie's like, "We're going in." And all of a sudden, you see Chad's ship come through. You see another ship come through, and you see a fighter come through. You see two fighters. I should say two fighters and a bomber type go past y'all. And they start heading down to the planet that you're in. And they're like, all of a sudden you feel your ship lurch forward. And you are pretty much trying to move as fast as you can. Of course, the fighters and bombers are moving faster than you. Following right behind. Um, comes down, you come down to the atmosphere, come down. And you can see, because I mean, you can tell what's going on. Um, all of a sudden, you're hearing this bombing and explosions and sirens and loud noises. And then all of a sudden, your ship feels like it's flying and then it drops. Like, it's like lost power. And it's just like plummeting down. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, you swear you're pretty much going to be, you're crashing and the thing jerks to a stop and you're like slammed down and all of a sudden it hits a spot where it feels like it's floating and the back hatch opens up and you can see a, a base uh, with other fighters and other jets and explosions and smoke and everything going off and all of a sudden Sarge just like let's go and kill and he like jumps out alright you apes who wants to live <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Mel uh, starts um, rushing toward the uh, the sort of exit way, and she reflexively reaches for her lightsaber and realizes she doesn't have one. Um, yeah. Takes a second where she just sort of looks around and pulls out her light blaster pistol. <laughs> and, uh, feels considerably less confident in her ability. Um, all right. Everybody piles out. Sarge is like looking and he's like, you, you, you there. And then you, you there. And he looks at you three and goes, that, I want it destroyed. And it's a communication tower. And he's like, I want it down. Take it down now. And then he like runs and, off. And if again could smile, he would smile. <laughs> so... Um, everybody, except for the droid, uh, needs to make a cool check, um, because, and actually you get one black die to this cool check. 
Ooh, is this fear related? Not fear related. <laughs> Confidence is the worst skill. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fear related. It's more of um, flashback. Okay. Just to see if you're kind of shaken for a little bit. PTSD. Yeah, some PTSD. Mel's recent resolve seems to be sticking with her. She's uh, she's steeled against the tide. Can you flip a destiny point to remove a black? No, you can't remove a black. I okay. can flip. I can flip one of my blacks to put it back. Okay. But if you want to flip one to put it to a black side, go for it. Okay. Doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> okay. Y'all kind of, all of a sudden, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, kind of a little bit of PTSD kicks in, and you're like, no, we got to get this, and y'all start heading off. Um, you can hear blaster fire going off like crazy. Um, you hear a bunch of other things going around. Uh, y'all are probably about f- roughly 50 yards from the communication tower. Killbot runs for it at full speed. <laughs> Are y'all sit there, and you just see this seven foot droid just start bounding across, not even a care in the world about what's going on around, and just starts bounding off towards you know where, your destination. Like the majestic gazelle. Mel <laughs> <laughs> uh, is uh, notably cautious in her movements compared to previous times. Uh, Sans lightsaber. But she is also rushing out toward the communications tower, okay. trying to dodge what she can. Um, y'all are running, and of course, blaster fire is going off all around you. Um, it's just hitting left and right. Um, and Dan's probably shooting while returning fire at them. Pretty much. So I'm going to make some random rolls to see if you get glanced. It's just going to be standard type difficulty. Um, two greens and two purples, because this is just random blaster fire coming around. Uh, Mel, first shot. Um, this is your chance of getting hit. Uh, you do get hit. Uh, you're <laughs> running along, uh, and it's only one ch- one hit. Uh, you take six points of damage as you're running, and all of a sudden That's this blaster nice. hits off to your side. Yeah, I remember, don't forget if you need to reset all your wounds and strain. Uh, and Jackie, I don't see. Uh... It says twelve eleven. Huh, it doesn't say it on mine. I'll refigure out what's going on with mine. Um, of course, armor soaks. Do whatever. Uh, as a blaster kind of grazes you, you you can tell that nobody's really aiming at you. This is just fire that's coming out. We're, we're running across the beaches. Pretty so. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is that scene in Rogue One, immediately followed by them all dying. <laughs> <laughs> Gil, shot shoots out. Oh. Uh, you are hit. Where is my negative cost? Um, it's not going to matter because it's just a random one. Um, just don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, I get back. I was going to say, I, I would. Uh, if it's a threat to you, I could possibly try to uh, punch the. You can do. You can do. Shot. I'll, I'll let you have a free <laughs> shot reflect. out there. I'll let you have a free shot out there. Since this, like okay, I said, this yeah. is just all random shots being shot toward your direction. She uh, randomly punches it. What's that? Just two green. 
no, you, nobody's beside you. It's just a blaster fire went in and hit you on your side. So you take seven points of damage. Uh. Armor soaks. If you want to take a random pop shot out to the area where something else is, you can. Um, Max, I'm, I'm uh, Gan, I'm going to roll for your hit, too, while she's figuring that out. I do a quick draw, so I could easily draw my weapon and just shoot in the direction. That's, and that's perfectly fine. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Gan, you get shot, and you take eight. Um, okay. And it's only a one, so... That person just takes like a strain point or something. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Alex, uh, this is all random, so nobody's aiming or providing any great protection uh -oh. shots towards you. Get what you? You hear this? Ah! Off of the distance as <laughs> you shoot into that area. <laughs> She's actually quite proficient with light-ranged weapons. Uh, yep, I can tell. <laughs> random, uh, random snipe shot between the eyes. Did you hear this? Uh, if someone off in the distance dies. Uh, Gand, what are you going to do? I, I thought that he just got some kind of random thing. So okay, I just want to make sure I'm giving everybody a chance. Everybody, is everybody just going to run, I'm guessing? That's definitely what I'm most I'm running and shooting, but I, I'm not really aiming at anything. Yeah, you're just providing cover fire, yeah. pretty much. Okay, you start shooting and stuff and everything. Y'all get to the communication tower, no problem. Um, there's all explosions going off. Uh, you get there, and all of a sudden, some more explosions go off around you. And this one is a fear-based check. Uh, because there is so much happening that this one... Blast came very close to hitting y'all, and it's spraying a bunch of debris around you. Is this discipline then? Uh, yeah, discipline. Discipline. Yeah, because cool's already started. Sorry. Okay. It, it's the same roll for me, so it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I have no discipline. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Mel, you kind of, you sit there and you, 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 you tense up really tightly, but you, you're like, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. Um, Gand, you're just like, yep, this is another day in the neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> uh, y'all all of a sudden see Gil kind of like looking around. You can see this head is kind of got this, you know, stuttery, jittery look on its face. Uh, and it's just kind of like. You can. It's like the servo servos in the head are bouncing like left and right as it's moving around, trying to uh, figure out what's going on with it. My kinematics are haywire. And y'all are at the communication tower. What you gonna do? Is this like a metal tower with like? Or is this an, something people actually can walk inside and like made of? Uh, it is something someone can somebody can walk inside and go to the very top of. Okay, so it's a big tower. Correct. Okay. Uh, people, there is a door, 
and it leads up, and it's probably about four or five feet or four or five stories, mm-hmm. uh, give or take, uh, with a room at the top that you can tell, and then a bunch of antennas and um, satellites and everything on the top of it. Communication arrays. You hear this squawk coming over all your your headphones, and they're like, "Here, Sarge, did you take it out yet?" Get that communication get tower. We're 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 working on it, and she's gonna lead the, the press forward. Okay, what are you gonna do? Is there like a computer terminal, something that we can access? Like, you can access the door, no problem. Okay, is it locked? You not that you can tell. Okay, uh, Mel's just gonna head right up and try to oh, key open the door. Okay, you you hit some buttons and figure it out and get it, no problem. Door opens up. Pulls the pin on one of the grenades, tosses it in the door. Well, keys the door shut. <laughs> you hear a kaboom go off. Now open the door again. <laughs> She'll Make give sure a no one on the other side of that door. She'll give it a few moments to, like, let the smoke clear a little bit, and then she'll key open the door. Okay. You open the door. Uh, you don't seem to see anybody in there. Uh, you do see stairs leading up. Stairs leading up? Yep. And no sign of, like, people who were wounded in the blast or anything like nope. that? Nobody is in here. Okay. Uh, Mel's gonna, like, start to lead the charge. And then kind of glance at her blaster rifle again and say, I'm, I'm sorry. It maybe makes more sense for someone else to go first. I'll go first. Uh, Gilbot <laughs> starts ascending the staircase quickly. Okay. You see Gil yeah, is Paul. just going up these steps at a quite fast pace. Uh, actually clipping a few at a time. Being seven foot tall and astride of a gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> um, you get and you go, and uh, it goes up to about five stories, and then there's a door. After climbing five stories, Gilbot is not very exhausted at all. Nope, because you're a droid. <laughs> not sure. Uh, she knows the fleshies don't like uh, too many stairs, uh, so she looks back to make sure they were able to keep up adequately. Uh, they're actually a little bit behind you, but yes, they can keep up. Uh, you okay. did outpace them, but yes. Protocol droid, can you open the door? Is the door locked? He's pulling another grenade from his bandolier of grenades that he uh, picked up. Uh, no, not, not that you can tell. Me. Oh, great. So she doesn't need to just go decorate anything. All right. She uh, flings the door open way overly aggressively. <laughs> Toss. Okay. Close it. Hot potato. She shuts the door. All right. You wait. You hear an explosion. You hear, ah! She has decided those hot potatoes are very useful. Uh, she then <laughs> opens the door and sees what's behind quickly. Okay. You go in and you can see that there's plenty of terminals. And there's, of course, a couple of dead Sith uh, laying at this ter- terminal. Uh, definitely some shrapnels have gone through him. Is it pretty clear that this is the uh, control terminal that they're looking for? Yes, this is this is the top floor, and this is uh, the the communication control room. So she has her axe in one hand, and is debating on whether or not it's more logical to uh, 
mess with the programming or to just axe all the consoles? Mal. Ask uh, one of the consoles and see if you can figure out a way to take this thing down. Yeah, Mel's going to head over to the console. She's more a fan of the finesse approach. Um, see if she can engineer a login. Okay, give me Gil, some computer checks. Axe down. What'd you say, Gil? Uh, she puts the axe down. Really oh. disappointed. Mm. <laughs> uh, Dan uh, takes a position beside the door. Okay. Because while Mel's working, just want anyone sneaking up behind us. Password, try password. Uh, you, 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 you get in, you hack at it, and you're able to open up and get into the terminal. Okay, uh, I've got access. Um, we probably want to shut this communication tower without necessarily alerting them. Um, Mel's going to try to just like reroute the communication or uh, change it in a way that makes it bad information or unusable intelligence to them. Okay, give me another computer check. Uh, standard difficulty? Yep. You hear the squawk. It's time to leave, people. Time to leave. Be down in five. Okay. You you click it and uh, you start rewiring stuff. And we're leaving in five. Um, Mel punches the last button and said, okay, I think we're good. Let's get out of here. Gand starts running. Okay. Uh, Mel's right behind Gand. This time she has no reservations about going first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you get down to the stairs. Uh, the door opens up and you can see out. And there's still blaster fire going around. So let's give some random shots and see if anything happens. Gand, shot at you. Ooh. Take seven. Armor counts. <laughs> Gil. Ooh. Take eight. Armor counts. Eight. eight. Okay. You have no soak as a droid? I have three soak. Why did you take eight last time when he... You should have only taken five. Uh, yes, you are correct. Um, I'm Just not a math robot. Stuff. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> protocol robot. <laughs> so, so now you should be at 10. Good. That's even better. Did no. you guys know I'm enrolled in college for civil engineering, but I can't subtract three? Mel, you get shot two, grazed for seven. <laughs> Soaking all that goes into effect still. Mm-hmm. Everybody got it? Yep. Uh, you hear your transport ship coming down. And you can see what happened. Because now you see it up in the air. And it's like they cut the power of the entire ship. And it's just free falling down towards y'all. Mm. Strategy to avoid detection, I imagine. And then uh, all of a sudden, the power comes on. And it drops right near where y'all had left. And everybody, doors open up and everybody starts going in. All right, Mel's does not break stride, full sprint into the vehicle. Okay. 
blaster. Uh, when Gand gets on the gang, gang flank, he turns around and uh, starts firing covering fire from the gang flank. Okay. For anyone who's straggling. Uh, you, you pretty much everybody is kind of near. Um, you can tell that not everybody is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely everybody's been waiting for the ship to come down. Okay. The um, is performing bounding leaps to get to the ship as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, you actually passed them as you were running by. As you were running to the <clears throat> ship, you passed them as they were trying to get there. Um, you get on, uh, everybody loads up, and y'all head out and head up into hyperspace. And as y'all are leaving, you can hear the fighter and bomber go by one more last run. And mass explosions. Gilbot plasters her face to the nearest window or console to see what's going on. Uh, you see this base is just like completely wrecked. Uh, definitely a lot of destruction. Um, mass chaos is down there. Um, you look down and you take a quick head count and you notice three people are missing. Mm. Uh, so the fighter pilots that were there, is there a status on them? Do I see all of the... Uh... All of them are fine. All the fighter pilots are fine? Yeah, the two fighter and the bomber, perfectly still there. I look over to a group. Who is missing? Um, you see two people rattle off a couple of names. Um, they were killed in the process. Mm. Gilbot looks over to Mel. Um... Has her cloak over herself and opens up her, uh, her, I don't know what you want to call it, her receptacle, her box, her, her compartment. compartment. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says, I should have given this to you a long time ago. I am sorry you've lost more companions. And she hands over her lightsaber. Mel looks at it kind of dubiously for a few moments, um, but she, she takes it. Thank you. Okay. Um, you get up and you get into light speed. Um, and uh, it takes you, like I said, normal time, about two, two days worth of uh, hyperspace travel. Um, and you land at uh, your base. Um, during the time you find out that it was a success, um, the base has been destroyed. Um, communications problems, they will probably be leaving that place. We definitely put a dent within the Sith Empire. Yay. Tim, you don't look happy. Mel's still just <laughs> kind of concerned. Just a little, like, wounded by the experience. Okay. Um, left in there. It is 8 o'clock. We are going to uh, go ahead and cancel, stop all the streaming. Uh, I will load this up uh, for our people so they can listen to it on um, all their streaming devices. I'll put it up on SoundCloud for everybody um, and do the video on YouTube. Um, guys, we're going to be doing, like I said, we may not be doing the RPG every Wednesday, but I will be streaming every Wednesday, and we will have it all on there. If you have any questions or anything about the team or anything about what's going on, go back and you can listen to the entire series for free. And we are out. Goodbye. <laughs>